If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. Welcome to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence, and um, it is a beautiful day out here in Arizona. Typically, I have a guest in studio, but uh, this very uh, distinct gentleman I'm going to be interviewing is in California. Um, This is Dave Frost. He's a master fitness trainer, my former job, uh, educator, coach, and um, I have went over his stuff, and I'm really excited to talk to him because I really like his mission and what he's trying to do. He owns Well Past 40, Laura's a nickname, LLC, and he's the owner and operator and author. How are you, Dave? I'm living the dream on this Navy birthday. Thanks, Coach. How are uh, you? I am doing well, man. I am really excited to talk to you and figure out why. So I never assume what anybody's going to say. So just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became who you are. Golly. <laughs> I've been around a few blocks a few times, Coach, so I'll try to make it short, uh, you know, the uh, Reader's Digest version. I'm a Vermonter by birth. I was honored to serve in America's Navy, hence my earlier comment about happy uh, 246th birthday to uh, America's Navy. Uh, awesome. And uh, after serving in the Navy, I entered industry, loved working with people, uh, trying to accomplish things. Um, But, you know, there's that old platitude about do what you love and love what you do and, you know, maybe make enough uh, money to keep the lights on. And I found uh, in my 40s that uh, taking care of myself was becoming more and more of an important endeavor uh, and having to do the work, hopefully to live better, live longer uh, was well worth it. So, as you mentioned, I did form a a sole proprietorship, a limited liability company to try to get others excited about doing the work to join the movement. uh, As the subtitle of my book says, to thrive and strive into your 90s, coach. I love it. uh, I'm across the state line, as you mentioned, in uh, California. It's hopefully it's just as nice the weather it is in the Grand Canyon state. But uh, uh, look forward to chatting. So that's that's my quick uh, vitae. Okay, so. Let's jump right into it. In your opinion, is super aging possible? And before you answer that, tell everybody what is super aging without pharmaceuticals. Couple answers, if I may. I'm a Medicare age person, and my first definition of super aging is to show our Social Security Administration that it's wrong. All right. <laughs> the Social Security Administration says actuarial, actuarially. I'm probably going to die at age 85, and I say humbug. <laughs> Might happen, you know. The Social Security is bigger than I am, uh, but I want to. Uh, I want to do the very best I can uh, to possibly reach a hundred. And I do want to encourage all your wonderful listeners um, to take a few seconds, maybe a few minutes, and go to a calculator called uh, Living to 100 Calculator. It's a a very it's a it's anonymous. And it's a very good either wake up call or reinforcement that you're doing the right things to super age. Mm-hmm. And I would call super aging is 
living into your 90s and maybe 100. Okay, that sounds good. Um, So what do you think the challenge is? Because I've talked about this before on my show. There's this concept of people think, well, I get a, a certain age and then everything just stops. I'm just supposed to sit in a chair and kind of be out on the porch and just rock away. What are you doing to change that perception? Uh, uh, motion is the one word answer. There's a wonderful <laughs> one word answer in the book, The Blue Zones by Daniel Butner. I'm sure some folks have heard of it. Daniel Butner says the one word answer to longevity or super aging, believe it or not, is beans. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Beans for the macro and micronutrients, uh, uh, plant-based uh, food stuff. It's part like the Mediterranean diet where sure. people have a little bread, a little wine, a little uh, more beans than meat mm-hmm. and uh, stay active. So motion, beans and attitude. Isn't that funny? MBA. MBA. Motion, beans, I was going to ask attitude. you what that was. So you already beat me to it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also a secondary one, mind-body alignment, which is important uh, because if you're upbeat, if you're social, if you're out in nature getting vitamin D in, in the Grand Canyon State or wherever you're listening, it's pretty easy to get vitamin D here. Those are important. Okay. So um, what is kind of the big deal about the life happiness curve? What does that mean to you? Well, I didn't ask your chronological age, but I bet your fitness age is pretty low. Uh, It is a a documented, I believe, very credible uh, curve that folks, both men and women in their 40s, are facing life. As I used to say in the Navy, ship happens. Uh, (laughs) Might be divorces, might be hassles of the workplace. It might be kids that are driving you crazy when they're they're teenagers or younger adults. It might be that you're uh, taking care of your uh, elders. So there are a lot of reasons why there's this U-curve and right smack dab in the bottom of that, the trough or the valley of unhappiness is folks in their 40s. And, you know, you have your uh, your title fit past 40. And that's uh, uh, kind of why I said, let's let's uh, acknowledge, uh, OK, we bottomed out. Let's get busy and get into the happiness part of life. Um, you know, don't stress. I mean, stress is with all of us, isn't it, Coach? Yeah. Uh, but yet we don't have to let it drive our lives. We don't want it to become chronic, uh, to have us become overweight, hassled, uh, putting workouts on the back burner, kicking the dog, those kinds of things. So um, uh, if folks wanted to use Dr. Google, just type in happiness U-curve and you'll see right in the 40s is when life kind of bottoms out from what we determine to be happy. So. I see. Uh, how much of, of your coaching do you focus on mindset? Golly, uh, an awful lot. Uh, I, I have a saying, I, I borrowed it from Jim, uh, Bill Bowerman, the gentleman who invented the knife, Nike waffle trainer. Yeah. But he said that every one of us is an athlete. If you can get up from a chair, if you can breathe, you're an athlete. You may have challenges physically, uh, medically, uh, or, or mentally, And yet, if you have the mindset that I'm going to move because motion is important, the mind determines um, what the body does, doesn't it? Uh, That's true. uh, It is so important, that alignment of uh, our wonderful cranial nerves, um, helping our gut behave well, uh, and helping us face life with all the stressors that are available. But, hey, um, I'm close to the Pacific Ocean. Stress is good if a great white shark is kind of thinking that I'm 
that shark's lunch. <laughs> but other than that, that's good stress. Well, he's right? just going to take a bite out of you and then move along. Yeah, just a little bite. Yeah, and the rest of it is, is up to if it's your time uh, or not. But chronic stress, yeah, chronic stress is what really, uh, if we generate, our body has thousands and thousands of chemical messengers, signals, hormones. And if we can get the happy hormones and signals going correctly, chronic stress hopefully lowers and we can start to climb out of that valley of unhappiness that unfortunately, you know, maybe some of your listeners are in their 40s and say, I'm living the dream and God bless them. Uh, but unfortunately, as a society, that just when life happens, life gets tough totally. and we don't want people to give up hope. We don't want them to sit on the couch and say, uh, man, I'm on the downhill slide here. No, no, no. Don't believe it. Yeah. Well, we did a little survey. We ran some numbers and the average age is, is listening to me is 54 to 59. So, wow. Um, yeah. Well, um, see, your, fo- your folks are on the upswing. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I will share that as we approach Medicare age, if we don't keep moving, uh, things start to happen. It's a tough gener- It's a tough decade for men for heart problems and heart problems are the number one killer. Um, this darn pandemic hopefully is winding down. Uh, that became number two, passing cancer as the cause of mor- mor- morbidity for That's people true. 40 and above. Um, but boy, number one, heart, yeah. cardiorespiratory, cardiopulmonary. And um, so that a lot of those things start to happen uh, in their 60s. Uh, there is a classic case of somebody who didn't take care of himself, that great actor, uh, from the Sopranos, Jim, oh, I'll say his, uh, Galdafini. James Gandolfini. Uh, uh, he loved his Italian food. He loved his uh, adult beverages. He did not work out. And believe it or not, I was going to have a cameo role in a movie that he was starring in. Um, but he died before the movie was produced. Oh. So I'm personally saddened, as are many Sopranos watchers. Yeah, that gentleman died at the age of 54, and that's not good. A right. lot of that. Some of that's nature, right? Uh, What we inherited from our parents is unavoidable. But about two-thirds of our vital uh, ability to superage or to to live longer and better is what we do on a day-to-day basis. So your listeners, 50 to 50, in your sixth decade, in your 50s, go for it. Keep moving. Laugh a lot. Smile. (laughs) What do you think are the leading causes of of obesity and morbidity right now? What do you think? is really the main cause. Oh, Take gosh. out the pandemic. <laughs> uh, yeah, to go to the number one uh, killer. Uh, the American Heart Association would say diet, uh, lack of exercise, and there are some genetic compounds. But uh, if you believe me in the research that I've done, uh, the overarching factors are the American fast food diet sure. and, the, and the lack of motion. Uh, we've become a nation of uh, desk jockeys. Uh, and a trainers like you, formerly and me now, uh, get to work with forward head posture and nerd neck from people leaning into their screens or sitting in comfy chairs right. or walking in shoes that are pillows. Right. Uh, we become too sedentary. And we've uh, because we're go, go, go. We don't rest enough. Uh, we eat convenience food, which often has evil fat. Most fat is good, but. Uh, if you can't fight it on a food label, it's bad. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, the additives and the sugars are what is, I believe, is what's really leading to metabolic syndrome, diabetes and heart. Definitely. So when the, your clients are coming in, is that where you start in your coaching as far as what they're eating? Or do you kind of take a total picture of what they have going on? 
Uh, definitely great, great comment. Uh, the total picture in my uh, industry days and in the Navy, I was a systems guy. So I try to take a look at the whole being that athlete. Uh, what are the stressors that she or he faces? Uh, what are what is the current um, level of stress? Uh, and then, of course, uh, do you have any special uh, medical or physical um, needs that I want to adapt to for a bespoken program of fitness. So uh, definitely you try to get that whole person look in the assessment so that anything I'm able to do to help somebody is helpful, not hurting, and that the person can see success because we know that many people get off the fitness bandwagon because it's hard. They get hurt. They set goals that were too lofty or perhaps their trainer um, didn't really tune in um, to what that athlete's wants and needs are. So the wants and needs of the individual in a systems viewpoint, Coach, are, are definitely the way I start. Now, you mentioned some things that are um, that coincide with a plant-based diet. Is that the regimen you like to recommend people follow? Uh, no. And in fact, uh, uh, my credentialing body for personal trainers, it's, it's, there are many very great ones. I'm with the National Federation of Professional Trainers, okay. and we're cautioned, uh, although we can have subspecialties in, in diet and wellness, uh, we're not uh, uh, certified nutritionists. There are very few of us that are certified nutritionists. Correct. Uh, nutritionists. So um, I generally say, folks, this is what I do. I do eat meat. I'm an omnivore. Um, but I do know that eating too much red meat and ha ingesting too much iron as a guy is bad. Sure. So, uh, and that's, I love the energy, energy density of sourced beef, not corn fed, but, you know, grass fed, hopefully yes. grass fed and grass finished beef uh, or other uh, hooved uh, creatures. Um, and if you're able to afford, um, you know, sometimes it can get pretty pricey to, uh, pricey to eat clean, right. but that's really important. So you're not ingesting more environmental pollutants and hormones that your body doesn't really want to deal with. But no, I'm an omnivore. I'm proud of that. I, I write about it in the book, um, but I do acknowledge uh, the work of Paul and it says the omnivore's dilemma, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, where cows eat corn instead of grass and right. because that fattens them up quick and gets them to market. Right. Exactly. So uh, there are folks that are, uh, I work with vegans. I work with vegetarians. However, if you look at world-class athletes, um, strength and endurance athletes. There are very few that um, uh, are totally plant-based. Maybe some distance runners are, but you won't find, uh, I don't think you'll find many um, uh, rugby players or football players uh, that uh, are total vegetarians because you have to eat so, so much broccoli <laughs> uh, to get protein. And if you're you know, tearing down to build up, as we encourage our clients to do, um, you need energy dense foods to do it, the macros. So, um, boy, minimizing um, uh, meat, I'm all behind that for reasons like iron and saturated fat. Uh, but it's energy density that I'm looking for. And um, you have to fuel, right? You have to fuel the engine. Mm -hmm. So, depending on your activity, uh, hey, the, the um, people that live to 100 aren't total vegetarians. And now I'm not saying anything bad about vegetarians or vegans. I'm just saying um, that they're be mindful of things like vitamin B12 and being very mindful of getting the macros that you need to build, restore and be active. OK, 
right, talk to me about your book. Tell everybody about your book well, and what inspired I, you to write it. Uh, in June of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, a book called Kaboomer, Thriving and Striving in Your 90s was uh, launched. Uh, and um, I would I have been a professor, you mentioned in your a nice intro. Uh, I'm an adjunct professor. I've graded a lot of papers. I used to be a speech writer for a Navy admiral. Uh, and I thought I kind of knew how to communicate. Well, maybe uh, that's in the reader's mind, not mine. <laughs> Uh, but I thought uh, I had a message to share that just because you're in your 40s doesn't mean you throw in the towel, eat gummy bears and watch uh, streaming video on Netflix for the rest of you your days. You mean like my weekends? <laughs> <laughs> well, once in a while, it's OK, right? Um, yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, that beautiful weather that you have, I'm just looking out at a bright, sunny day. That vitamin D is just out there waiting for you. Exactly. You know, getting contact with the ground and moving. Uh, that's what's important. So uh, I had this message that motion is medicine. That's not my quote. Um, um, uh, you know, Jack LaLanne, one of the great uh, leaders of the fitness generation, when TVs were about this big coach, you know, yeah. <laughs> black and white. And Jack yeah. LaLanne was in a spandex outfit and he was <laughs> surrounded by fit looking women. And isn't it interesting? He wasn't being sexist. He was saying women can be strong. And isn't that a great message from like 50 years ago for the women of today? Yeah. That strong is the new skinny, mm -hmm. that having skeletal muscle will have you thrive better than falling over because you, you know, you don't have the strength to avoid a fall or whatever. Exactly. So anyway, Jack LaLanne said it's better to wear out than rust out. And that's his epitaph on his <laughs> on his stone. Uh, you know, he didn't make it to 100 as I aspire to do, but he got pretty close. Yeah. And he worked at it. He loved it and made a lot of money on it, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, but he said it's better to wear out than rust out. I so if you. you're not moving, you're rusting. Exactly. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, fasting, Dave, and, and especially in the uh, population that you deal with? What are your what are the pros and cons in that demographic? Yes. And again, I, uh, coach, I'll say that this is what works for me. I'm okay. a pretty big guy, um, you know, as a rower that combines stamina and endurance, I need calories, right? Absolutely. Um, so when you eat and how you eat is important. Uh, I try to eat uh, the right carbs to fuel, you know, uh, sweet potatoes with the skins, for instance, instead of white rice as a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of vegetables, but not for the protein, for the macros and the vitamin P that we chatted about. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe every, all the research that I've done, very credible sources about either time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting or serious fasting that I won't do. I won't skip eating for 36 hours or two days. You know, <laughs> I'm working out. I don't want it. <laughs> and as a case in point, some great athletes who happen to be of the Muslim faith. Uh, had to get special compensation to train through Ramadan right. because, you know, uh, that's a very healthy thing for your mind and body to have caloric restriction, mm -hmm. but not want, when you're trying to win an Olympic race in the 5,000 meter uh, right. uh, track and field event. Right. So fasting is very, very good. It wakes your body up. Uh, I, so in answer to your question, I fast. Um, try to get 14 or more hours once or twice a week when I can fit it into my routine. I try to eat an earlier dinner, you know, gray hair. So I'm the, the gray hair people that eat dinner early. Right. Uh, but then I try to hold off breakfast, just black coffee and water until mid morning with at least 14 hours. Some say 16 hours, but there's a lot of research that says if you let your body 
work the ketones as a source of fuel, you're not going to store um, what's floating around your bloodstream as white fat. You're going to attack uh, your body's systems like we used to do. You know, if you didn't catch dinner, you starved mm-hmm. <laughs> in the old days, right? When we were running around the pampas of, um, you know, and uh, again, if you didn't catch the antelope, you were going hungry. So fasting was a way of life. And I think we're wired that way, but we've become accustomed to fast food. Oh, there's Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, today's National Dunkin' Donut Day. Let's stop in and get a freebie. No. (laughs) As tasty as it is, don't stop in every day to get something tasty, you know. All right. So we we touched on the NBA. Go ahead and dive into that a little bit more. Tell everybody what that really means and spend a little time on each acronym. All righty. So I mentioned the other one where it was, um, but the one that I have published is Mind body alignment. Uh, A forebearer of mine, the poet Robert Frost, said we should not spend too much time dealing with one bone in our body, the wishbone. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, with your attitude, today I'm going to set goals and I'm going to do it. I may need a buddy to help me work out. I might need to tap a trainer or use silver sneakers. But if you have the attitude to get your body moving, the chances are um, uh, you're going to live longer and live better. If you're sedentary, you might beat the odds and live a great old age. Um, but, hey, uh, I don't go to Las Vegas or lost wages. <laughs> um, but I do believe in doing the best I can to beat the odds. And by that, I mean moving. And it doesn't mean you run an ultra marathon every day. You don't want to. That's going to cause cytokine storms that you could you know, be, do bad things to you with inflammation, overtraining, stress. Uh, but, uh, again, who lives to 100? people that move, people that are social, people that have intergenerational family around them, supporting them, uh, uh, pushing away from the table before you finish. When I grew up, mother used to say there are people starving in India. You need to finish. eat all of this. Exactly. <laughs> now the same way. we learn that people that live to 100 don't eat that go away much. just a little bit hungry, drink some water. Um, and oh, by the way, they get down on the ground a lot, you know, mobility includes getting up and down from the ground, playing with the grandkids. Sure. So, uh, if people, if longevity, super aging is their goal, motion, motion is a huge part of it. It's not running ultra marathons. It's moving to sweat almost every day of your life. Excellent. And that's, that can be very enjoyable, right? I mean, Absolutely. I know in most of the year in Arizona, you can move to sweat. No problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great environment here. You know, it gets a little, it's getting cold, but you know, you can still get out and move around. That's for sure. Um, all right. Good stuff. Um, so I'm sorry uh, to, to, for the mind body alignment. I, I truly believe, you know, platitudes. I'm a former sailor. So, um, uh, is the set of your sails and not the gales which determine the way you go so i interpret the mind as the way you set your sail and you can tack into the wind you can go downwind you can you know uh, block and tackle it might be work just don't Uh, break wind that's the important one (laughs) there you go (laughs) there you go so uh that that's how important the mind is and conversely the body with its aerobic exercise does free up the brain. And we do know that brain fog is lessened by a caloric restriction. Uh, when you're, when your brain is using, uh, ketones with fasting instead of carbs, uh, simple carbs as fuel. Uh, some say their brain fog is lifted. So, uh, we, there are more and more studies that say those terrible dementia related diseases are impacted by diet 
and and uh, stamina exercises, moving, uh, keeping uh, keeping the inner brain, uh, the hippocampus, uh, which is responsible for memory, clean. Uh, motion is a big part of that. So yeah. the aligning of it, believe it or not, the ba- I joked earlier, Coach, about uh, lost wages. Well, one of the most important nerves, I mean, we got nerves all over the place, but the vagus nerve is a cranial nerve that does connect our head to our gut. And uh, studies show that if you hum, uh, if you chew mindfully, if you sing to yourself in the shower, your vagus nerve is activated and your gut and your mind are in sync instead of uh, instead of um, being out of sync. So that's the alignment uh, that I talk about. Um, it's it's a little bit of chemistry, um, but it's a little bit of sweat and a, uh, an attitude. Um, for the other definition of MBA, the A was attitude. Perfect. And perfect. Uh, it really, you know, if you're serious about moving, you're gonna, you know, life life is fun. It's not it's not a hassle. Yeah. Um, if you have insomnia. You might need professional help to get past it. But a big part of insomnia, in my humble opinion, for most people is moving so that when you hit the pillow, you're ready to go to sleep. So, like that. Um, you know, so uh, MBA, mind, body alignment. Uh, like it's uh, easy to say, hard to do. Uh, it is an uh, advanced degree in um, uh, in how we uh, work. But if you're interested in living to 100, you want to be social uh, you want to breathe, you want to hug, you want to sing, you want to laugh a lot, and you want to push yourself away from the table before you're full. <laughs> okay. You also mentioned earlier about people in comfortable shoes. So as part of your practice, getting people to get out of their shoes. My theory oh. on that is just connecting to the earth, you know, but what, what is your theory behind getting people out of their shoes? Yes, a couple of things. And, and I sort of have migrated into working with older populations. And, and we do know that our feet spread. Uh, as we get older, uh, and if we don't fit our shoe, our toe box is particularly just right. Uh, you may uh, stub your toe, and if you haven't been practicing your stability exercises, you might do a face plant and hurt yourself. So it is important to um, have the right shoes if you're not barefoot. I advocate going barefoot, but not all the time. Um, I um, but uh, if you're able, if your listeners are able to get shoes fitted for them. As comfortable as some of the ones are with huge heel wedges, they're, you know, walking on air, walking on pillows, very comfy. Um, uh, I'm not a big advocate. When I was doing my best marathon runs, in spite of my size, I was a pretty good marathon runner. And it was a, a marathon trainer that had minimal support, just a little bit more than a track flat. Uh, because if you're, if you're blessed to have good biomechanics, you don't need a lot of cushion. I mean, our forebears ran barefoot, right. you know, to catch dinner. <laughs> so uh, it, it depends. And I'm not a podiatrist uh, coach, but I do advocate that folks not, oh, those feel good. No. Are, are you able to walk? And it does it support you so that you don't pronate or supernate, uh, that you don't hurt your knees, but that you are bonded, like you said. Um, there's, there's a reason why uh, being barefoot in the grass is good for you. Yeah. So tell everybody what you got going on, what you have coming up. Uh, you know, obviously you're a veteran. What are you doing with the vets? Is there anything you're involved in? I, uh, in fact, one of the reasons that I was able to kind of shift from corporate America to uh, the world of fitness and, and wellness was, uh, unfortunately, our nation um, was had the long war. 
And uh, I happened to be in Southern California with a, a huge naval hospital and Camp Pendleton, one of the largest marine bases on the face of the earth. And we got an awful lot of physically injured or brain damaged veterans coming back from uh, the Middle East uh, for you know, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. Uh, and uh, what um, what the Veterans Administration was looking for was innovative therapies as alternatives to drugs. Now, there's sometimes some of those folks are in extreme pain or or mental duress. But what they found, the rhythmic nature of rowing was therapeutic, uh, like cycling is as well, or swimming, if they're able to, with their physical condition. Uh, so I would, I, many years ago, I uh, started a program at my rowing club to support wounded warriors. Okay. Uh, that program has migrated to a program called Freedom Rose, where we try to get veterans out on the water and support them, whether they're amputees, whether they have spinal injuries, or whether they're struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, rowing and other activities hopefully uh, can help these folks uh, feel good about themselves and move on from, um, you know, being the being the folks that defended our country but got banged up. So yeah, uh, rowing in particular, uh, but not solely rowing. Uh, was one of the reasons I got into fitness and wellness is try to help others. Tell me about group hugs. I like that title. What's going on with group hugs? We we need more of them. uh, You know, and it's not just group hugs. Uh, Just the thought of hugging, it's documented just the thought of hugging releases happy hormones. (laughs) And I I say, isn't it better that the hugging hormone, which sounds like oxycodone, that terrible opioid, Oxycontin is the hugging hormone. And boy, anytime you can generate things that are opioid-like on your own by love the one you're with or give yourself a hug or just imagine hugging whoever you want, that creates happy chemical flows in your body. And uh, it's, it's a heck of a lot better than frowning and saying life sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so group hugs. Uh, um, I'm in, uh, mostly in uh, team sports or crews for rowing. And we always joke about the group hug and you kind of get past peccadilloes. You get past, well, you know, uh, that person has different political views than I. Who cares when you're in the boat? You just want to work together. And a group hug is a way to get, um, you know, can we just all get along and and focus on fitness and wellness instead of, you know, whether you're from a red or a blue state, you know, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit about Strong to Save. We only have a little bit of time left today. So tell me about Strong to Save. Well, I started uh, my career uh, in my 40s. I blew out my back at 49, and that's what got me into, as I age, to support the Medicare age generation. I realized, wait a minute, I started um, when people were in that the, the valley of unhappiness for their lives. So... Um, a great gentleman from your state of Arizona, Senator John McCain, uh, his last book before he passed was Restless Wave, which is a line from the Navy hymn. And I got to thinking about it and knowing that resistance training and strength training for both men and women is so critical. I borrowed another line from the Navy, Navy hymn called Strong to Save. So I'm working on a book. Hopefully it'll be, re- be released in early uh, 2022, which is for Generation X. Uh, folks in their 40s or maybe in their 50s, because it's much easier to start resistance training, moving stuff, 
uh, when you're in your 40s than it is waiting until you're 70. So strong to save is my next uh, serial <laughs> work, uh, specialty nonfiction, where I'm advocating in a systematic way, as you um, pulled it out for me earlier, uh, in a systematic way, how important strength training is. It, it really impacts the quality of your life. If you don't have skeletal muscles to hold up your skeleton, your organs aren't working as well. Uh, life isn't as good. Uh, people aren't giving you compliments for how you look, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, you know, uh, as I said, strong as a new skinny for the ladies and for men, you don't want to uh, be bent over because that impacts stability, which leads to falls. And um, there's a great line from the guy that wrote uh, The Hobbit, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. The oak that is strong does not wither. So <laughs> strength is important. You wrote a great book, Thriving and Striving into Your 90s. What was the inspiration? Because when you wrote that, you were close to your 90s. What made you write that? Or was that <laughs> exactly for a future right. audience? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was very much aspirational. In fact, I had uh, uh, Dan Nitro-Clark. I had a wonderful chat with him. Uh, a year and a half ago. And he said, what's this title? That's aspirational. And I said, yes, it is aspirational. But here are the ways you can get there as documented by science. So as I say, uh, Kaboomer uh, is is science-backed and sweat-based, improving your odds to get into your 90s and maybe to 100. Uh, so that's where it came from. Uh, the subtitle was just to fill the cover of the book, I guess, after Kaboomer. Uh, but really, it's a mindset and it's motion. Queen Elizabeth lost her husband. Queen Elizabeth of England is 94. Her husband died at 99. But they asked her, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to wind up and, you know, um, close shop as the Queen of England? And she said, no. When you stop, you drop. So thriving and striving in your 90s is your mind, is your body, and it's motion. So um, easy to say, hard to do. Um, but, boy, if people are moving, uh, I think uh, uh, fast food nation may change, hopefully for the better. Hopefully the health costs that we impose on our children will be less because we're not obese as a generation, uh, that we don't have uh, adult diabetes, that we don't have cardiac problems for that two-thirds of our composition, which we can impact, not what our parents gave us in the gene pool, but what we can do day-to-day. -day. So gotcha. that's thriving and striving. Yes, it's aspirational. No argument. <laughs> I like it. So where can people find you if they want to kind of tune in and follow you and see what you're up to? Well, thanks. Uh, the website is wellpast40.com, and uh, I do tweet occasionally. Sometimes uh, I don't get on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Instagram is a, <laughs> uh, no, it's tic toxic. no TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no Instagram, a little Instagram, uh -huh. uh, but well past 40 is probably the best way. Uh, I do have a list where if people want to opt in. They can get daily tips of fitness and wellness and blog posts that I send out. Of course, that's opt in. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if that's of use to people, I want people to get excited about movement. I know you do, too. Is it a membership uh, site age. or is it free to the public? Um, uh, free to the public. Well, past40.com. Okay. Or, or when you had said opt the, in, I thought that was oh, the opt in. Extra. Yeah. Uh, unless they have uh, uh, message rates with their uh, uh, text uh, their message carrier. provider. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But that's just, um, that's gratuitous. Uh, and uh, as are my well, hundreds of blog posts about things that are of interest to me as we get older. That classic saying, we have to get older. We don't have to get old, coach. 
I so, like that. You know. <laughs> uh, one quick question before we let you out of here. What is your goal for this year? So you could say 2021, I did what I wanted to do. Yes. On the tail of the pandemic, I'm back in competitive rowing. Uh, next Saturday, we go to Boston for the largest regatta in the world. It's called the head of the Charles regatta. I'm blessed to uh, be in a crew with some crazy uh, folks. And uh, I, not that um, winning a medal is important, but I want to do my very best in a, a sport that's a big part of my livelihood. Uh, after that, I want to be a good grandparent. I want to walk the talk. Uh, I don't want to put anything in print that I don't do myself. So it's to walk the talk. Uh, and then as we get close to when people start to think about skipping their New Year's resolutions, hopefully Strong to Save might be out there as some tough love to remind them how important taking care of their skeletal muscles are. So, All right. Well, I appreciate you being on and um, explaining what you do. And I think you do, you're doing something really cool. And a lot of people will benefit from it because we'll all be clients of yours pretty soon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to be clients. You just have to move. Yeah, but well, we'll be that. moving towards you because either way, <laughs> life is moving us towards the 90s. Yeah, so. yeah. and hopefully so. Uh, but don't concede to aging. Um, uh, it's your fitness age, not your calendar That's age. Really so what works. is your fitness age? <laughs> My cardio system is a 40 year old. I'm blessed. I, uh, but it, it's work to, to be that way. Uh, and the, that living to 100 calculator that I hope folks might take interest in. And I'll, I'll send you the link. Coach, okay. if, uh, your readers might like to have that in the, uh, the notes. Okay. Um, but it's Dr. Pearls, P-E-R-L-S, living to 100. Okay. Fitness is a big part of it. Sure. But things change today. The Wall Street Journal said baby aspirins maybe are not the way to have that was uh, the big thing. Strokes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't take aspirins. I'm blessed. Uh, I don't take pills except for uh, when I don't get enough vitamin P from my plate. I'll take, uh, you know, some vitamin D3 supplements, things like that. Um, but, you know, let's see how these amazing bodies of ours can do on their own before we start popping pills. So. I agree 100 percent. I agree. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, and we'll definitely be following you. Will you be posting your results of your rowing meet? Oh, yes, I will. Uh, and, you know, some happy, hopefully some, ha well, it'll be happy photos. It's, it's a three-mile race, uh, and uh, it's, it's just, uh, uh, I look so look forward to it uh, every year. And we missed it last year because of COVID. Uh, so that's imminent. And, yes, well past 40, I'll have a picture of Dave. Uh, in what we call the engine room. Okay. <laughs> well, I go to San Diego quite a bit, so I'll let the, let you leave you a message next time I'm heading that way. Maybe we can meet in person. Well, I'd sure look forward to it, Coach, and we can, uh, we can either do an indoor row and outdoor row if you'd like. You know? <laughs> you can have me out there on that boat. <laughs> Make sure I'm the, the weakest link of the row team so I don't mess you guys up. <laughs> you wouldn't. Okay. You wouldn't. Well, Guaranteed. thanks for your time, Dave, and we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can follow me on all platforms where you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can also find me on YouTube at Coach Clarence TV. Like and subscribe so that you get all the videos as soon as we drop them. And last but not least, remember the golden rule. If you can't be good, be good at it. <laughs>